you end up becoming exposed to so many different worlds and how these businesses and how these workers live that you want to do and create the best product for them. The Uniformer. Insights and interviews into the people and companies that drive the markets for uniforms, image apparel, and public safety equipment. The Uniformer is a production of the North American Association of Uniform Manufacturers and Distributors, the NAUMD. Hello, this is Rick Levine from the NAUMD, and I am sitting here today with Leslie McCardle, the Senior Merchandising Manager at Aramark. And Leslie, I am so excited to talk with you today. How are you doing? I am doing great, Rick. I am excited as well. It's funny, um, you had reached out to talk about uniforms, and it's something that I love to talk about. And people I work with, they're funny, and, and, and even my family, they're like, oh my God, dream come true. Leslie, you get to sit and talk about uniforms for a long time. I go, yes. And somebody is actually interested to my thought process of it. And he, they just, it's so funny. So I'm really looking forward to it. I honestly, Leslie, don't know myself, and I'm really curious what the title of Senior Merchandising Manager at a large company like Aramark, what does that what does that actually mean? What do you do throughout the year? I'd like to start off with senior. It has nothing to do with my age. <laughs> it probably has to do with experience is the better way to phrase it. So a merchandise manager is, it's a job where, as it speaks to, is the merchandise. So Aramark Uniform produces, manufactures, sells uniforms. So my main role and responsibility is an overall management of that process. It, it includes product development, design, like design. I'm not a designer, but work with the designers, customer relationship. It's pretty broad spectrum of what we do. So I oversee maybe more the day-to-day, not detailed details. A, a true merchandiser would, would handle that, but more so the overall process of the development of product and the partnership with sales. Our internal sales team, as well as external customers, our job has evolved as more of not just managing product, but also working with our customers and becoming a sales associate in a sense with our sales team. I've been on many customer calls, many customer presentations where our team under the merchandising have actually presented to the customer of a possible new program or new designs or just in general, help them decide what is it that they want to do? What is it that they're looking for their new uniform or their new image to look like? It really is a fun job. I always view it as one day you can come in and work on a particular business. I'm just gonna say a manufacturing plant. Maybe they manufacture automobiles. Then, you know, you're doing something, you're working, you know, you're coming up with some product for this customer. Then the next day, you know, because you work on many things at one time, the next day you could be working with a plant that produces the food processing side. Then you're working on airline industries, transportation. And what it does is you end up becoming exposed to so many different worlds and how these businesses and how these workers live and how they spend their time at work. And it really, it adds such a level of interest to what you do that you want to do and create the best product for them to make their job easier. Three 
things I just made a note of that. Um, so one, it, 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 I don't know why, but it reminded me of if we take it out of the uniform industry, what you described is one, the role of a film or movie producer, because you're working, you're working with the creative teams, you're working with the business teams, you're working with um, the catering services. It's like, you're, you know, you've got all of these teams that are coming together in order to build a uniform program, sell a uniform program, manage a uniform program. And it at the end of the day, we're selling a three-dimensional product in our industry. So someone has to to play the role of producer and herd the cats and get everybody to, you know, be on the same page to produce these products. So that's one interesting note I had. Another, though, then is then you started talking about some other things related to uh, the customer conversations, right? And then you became part ad agency because now you've got to deal with all of these disparate, disparate's not the right word, different types of stakeholders. So when you're talking to someone that's, you know, that's looking at an industrial program, their needs are extremely different from someone who is managing a poultry farm, as you pointed out. Um, or, and then of course, Aramark is fantastic at the whole hospitality side, right? So that's like a whole nother set of needs. And Empathy is this huge buzzword out there among thought leaders and CEOs and, you know, just as a way to approach the world and a way to manage employees and your company and your customers. Um, it feels to me like your job demands the right amount of empathy or you won't understand that customer's needs. What, how do you, what do you think about that? I loved the producer part. It makes me feel a little Hollywood. But the empathy, huge because what it does is it, it makes you connect with the worker. And to connect with the person that's going to wear what you're going to make is so essential for the success of that product rollout. Our design team, they amaze me every day. When they get a new project, they come quite often. I've never seen a group of people that just, they go into that customer like no other. And they learn the ins and outs of what that person does on a daily basis to understand like, hmm, maybe a pocket should go here because of what they do. Or maybe they need extra this or that. But it's also to understand what is the customer want from their clothing? Because what I've learned about uniforms is that you want to feel part of something and you want to you want to look good too. So that's another aspect that comes into play. You don't want to put on something that doesn't fit correctly, that is uncomfortable in general, like the fabric, and you're just not proud to wear it. So that also comes into play too, a little bit of the empathy. Like if I was that person doing that job, what would I want to wear? And how would I be comfortable doing it? It is an important job to come up with the right type of product uniform for an employee to wear because every day they're going to get up and put that on and go to work. And when they're work, they're supporting their family. They're, they're doing maybe what they love to do, hopefully. And they want to be proud. So it's you take this feeling that you really want to make that person feel good when they put it on. And that, I just think that's part of what makes the job so fulfilling too, is that you want that success. And then hearing back from the customers saying, oh my gosh, I love it or da, da, da. And also listening when you don't get it right, because not everybody gets it right. You can produce something that just might not work. I mean, no one's perfect, but then you listen 
and you adjust accordingly for that customer. And then you end up having a customer for life because you actually form a partnership. It's not just, we're just going to sell you uniforms. We're going to become part of, we're going to be your partner. You, you speak on this topic, you know, as if this was, you were seven years old and someone said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you were like, I want to be a product designer, you know, of uniforms because you, you bring a lot of passion to it. And I love the heck out of that. That So that leads me to the question of, well, well how did you get into this? Because it seems at least from the way you describe it, so quote unquote perfect for Leslie. I'm more the business side of the design. So one of the things, how I got here was quite interesting. When I was in college, I was getting a part-time job. I had a part-time job and it just happened to be near where I lived at the time, near Boston. And clearly I'm from Boston, my accent. I don't know if you caught that yet. And um, born and bred, proud of it, right? So I applied for a place that called WearGuard as a part-time job while I was in college. And interesting, but the, I, interesting enough, it, they had the best schedule. Everything worked for me. So I did that. And I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting, right? It was, they used to have retail stores years ago, way back when. So I did that for a time. And then when I graduated college, I ended up leaving and going to working for a company called Jay Baker, which did footwear. So I was on the footwear side of the business, more fashion side, and I loved it. But I just, I was at a time in my life where I was like, I don't know. It's not me. I, I'm just not loving it that much because it was um, it was retail. It was fashion. And I love fat. You know, everyone loves fashion. But I just I wanted to be more interesting. So I ended up applying again back at WearGuard for an office. And at that time, Aramark had just purchased the company. So it was under Aramark, but WearGuard was the, the brand. And I, you know, I, I got the job and it's been, it's there since. And that's how I got back into it because I was exposed to it in a retail setting and I enjoyed it because, you know, you would have nurses come in or you would have like construction workers come in. It was just a different entity than the fashion side, which there's nothing wrong with fashion side. It's it's great, but it was a, uh, oh, this shoe, I like this shoe or I don't like this shoe. It didn't, where was the substance, right? It was all about appearance. You know, you could make it, but doesn't mean that it was a good look for now, but it'll change. So it just didn't do it for me. So then I came back and I've been here since. And since is pretty significant, right? We, All right, not we, that we significant. Well, 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 okay. <laughs> I mean, we made the joke about senior doesn't refer to age and we're not asking your age, but I think if I go to your LinkedIn profile, I can see that you have been at Aramark for 20 years. Yes, over 20 years, actually. So it begs the question of, you know, how come? What what is so what is so magical in an in a, in an age when the typical resume of people has stints at, you know, 10 different places. There's not a lot of loyalty and longevity. And so it fascinates me that, you know, people are spending a career uh, at, at a place. So tell me what's working for you at Aramark. A lot of things. And Aramark, what I can, as, as you know, is a very large corporation. It, it's, it's substantially large. So your opportunities are somewhat endless in a sense within a corporation. But what I loved and has kept me here, there are offices throughout the, the country, different things, but this is the office where we do direct sale. And over time, it's not super small, but it's become more family oriented, like not more, but it's a small group, even though it's such a big corporation, 
you still have, and, and nobody understands, it's, it still feels small because, you know, our vice president here who does, you know, handle sales and operations knows everyone's name, knows everyone what they do, everything what you do. And we have probably a couple hundred people in this office. And throughout the corporation, it's that same feeling. Like we do direct sale in, in rental. We partner with our rental side because you have to think we have a huge rental portion of our business. So again, you have that corporation that's everywhere. It's just the opportunities are there and it's a very inclusive corporation. How they treat their employees has kept me here and the opportunities that I've been giving given in the support I've received through my career, it's my it, it just blows my mind because not every company is like that. Maybe I've been fortunate to to experience this, but I also can say most of the people I work with have been with this company at a minimum 10 years recent, you know, as I look around, that's a minimum. And I really think that our, our corporation fosters that because we want to keep people happy. And because if you're happy where you are, and I'm a, such a believer in this, you will do the best job. And you would, if you're not happy and love what you're doing, you're not going to succeed. But if you're treated with the respect you deserve, every worker deserves, you're going to stay. And I think me being here so long speaks to that because I have never, ever experienced any negativity here. And I'm not just saying that because I'm sure people are going to be listening (laughs) from Aramark. I'm really telling the truth. My truth is that. And many people I work with experience the same thing because of how long they've worked here as well. Me being here 20 years is not an anomaly. There are many people in our company that have far exceeded my tenure here. So that's a long-winded answer to say it's a great place to work with. You can grow. And a lot of times people move around so much because they feel that that's how they'll get promoted or move on to the next step. And it takes an incredible company to allow that their employees to experience that within the corporation. And I've, I've gone through that. I've had the opportunity to work on the supply chain side of the business, where you plan the business, forecast the business. I've had the opportunity to the job I'm in now, which is merchandising, business, putting assortments together, working with our design side to get the job done in sales. So to me, that's unique. And I'm lucky, I feel every day I'm lucky and I appreciate where I am. It's so interesting that you talked about the concept of it feels like um, not a small company, but it feels like this entrepreneurial or I'm trying to remember the exact words you used. But within those few hundred people in your building, quote unquote, you know, that you really felt a sense of, no, this is like a company within the company and we all know each other. We all know what's going on. Um, you had previously told me about how um, the the work environment is has kind of an open feel to it, and so everyone is nearby uh, working, and you you really get to know the people that you're working with. And um, luck, like you were saying, lucky for you, you love everyone that you're working with, and that and that there's a leadership that that provides that vision, but still knows, you know, what's going on. So I thought that that's a a great lesson for companies of all sizes, but especially for big companies, because I appreciate the statement that a lot of times people are moving along, and especially young people, um, because they think that's what they have to do 
to advance. My wife uh, started her career working uh, on Michigan Avenue here in Chicago at the big advertising agencies. And she had a mentor who literally told her that, Leslie, who said, no, 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 you're going to switch agencies like every two years because that's the way you get your big, you know, you ask for more money, you get a slightly better position, you, and, and that's, and sure enough, by the time we met, she had switched like three times and, and you know, was doing great, you know, and so that's, that's a blessing and a curse, you know, for a, a, a company because they may pick up talent, you know, because talent moves around, but then they're going to lose that talent. Absolutely. You also mentioned, though, that uh, your teams uh, that you are interacting with have responsibility for uh, rental product as well, which is a whole oh, absolutely. part of it I hadn't thought about because while your team is uh, primarily working on direct sale, you're saying you also oversee how uh, rental product goes through the system? I don't oversee it. We are partnered with that team, but a lot of our customers do both. We have customers that rent and direct purchase. So what I do is I have counterpart at my level in rental that we work together as a as a joint group on things. I mean, without giving away trade secrets, of course, you know, Aramark is able because of its size to be a lot more vertical than other operators in our industry. So do you and your counterparts get the privilege of really writing a spec for a mill that, you know, saying, well, this is exactly what we want? Or do you, does Aramark own the mills? I mean, how does some of that work? So in general, I think a lot of corporations our size do have the ability to work with mills and things to work on exclude you know things like that even even our our friendly competition which i always view as the other big guys in in the marketplace of uniforms do the same thing so it's not uncommon for either either company to to work directly with innovative new fabrics with all of that opportunity then of innovation does that does that solve all of our problems <laughs> in the sense of, you know, what are what are the challenges these days then? Yeah, sure. I'm glad you asked because obviously the whole landscape has changed, especially with the pandemic. Absolutely has changed how we go to business, how we meet with our customers and in taking into account their their experiences. A lot of our customers are suffering right now. Businesses have closed. I mean, hospitality has just been decimated. And it, it's just people are suffering, not to sound so dramatic. So again, we have to be mindful of that. It's all coming back, which is great and important for people because at the end of the day, it's about people. So what's challenging is finding that balance and working with them for when they do come back to have what they need, things like that. But the other thing is, is that I'm seeing the landscape change a little bit with what they're needing. I mean, if you look at some of the cool things that are out there these days, um, I know definitely I've read how many articles on more smart clothing and fabrics that can do so much. That type of lens, that's going to be interesting to see where that goes because it's such will be a part of our industry. And another thing is like the little innovative things they're doing, they're doing clothing like in a more modular sense, like it can do a bunch of things at one time. Like you've seen those sweatshirts where you can have a built-in mask or something. So I think the landscape in that sense is changing that, that when the people need their clothing to do more and they expect more than they did even a few years ago. And the fabrications are much more intelligent. 
And it's so funny that a fabric can be intelligent. I, I've, I still wrap my brain around that one. And I think our customers deserve that because that's what's going on. And as the younger generation moves into the workforce, they're a lot more savvy about what their product, you know, their, their clothing has to do. So I see the landscape changing all different directions. The pandemic, when the people come back, we're ready, we're there for them to help them get their uniforms back and on, as well as have smarter clothing, have clothing that does more for them so that when they, when they're buying it, it serves multi-purpose, not just the one job, but multiple I jobs. I really, I've had conversations with um, friends in the industry, you know, lately also a lot about fast fashion. So it's not, you know, it's not just uh, technology. It's how rapidly products can come to market now. How, you know, um, so in the medical, you know, scrub side of the business, there's this, it developed into these three seasons, right? Where you, you know, you, you produce you know, prints uh, three times a year. And part of that was a response to what was happening in fashion and that a, you know, nurse practitioner would want to, you know, update every few months. And we all know that the product's going to wear out after 40 washings. So there becomes those three seasons. And a little bit of my concern about our industry as far as all this innovation that's happening and the pressure from fast fashion is just like you mentioned, our users, our customers, are going to start to want to product to have product introduced far more often into programs than we're used to. We're used to, sure, I'll keep that fabric for five years and let's talk in five years about changing your program, right? And now is it like, do you find customers are like each year they want to talk about what new products are going to be happening? How's that going? It's getting pretty close to that. Maybe not every year, but Definitely the following year of a rollout, they're already thinking of the next plan. So that definitely is happening. And the quick to market fast, fast fashion, absolutely, we see that. So what you have to do is just adapt to that. And every company knows that it's happening. So that's where you source globally, too. You have to be mindful. Not everything come from one area of the world because that takes longer. So I think a huge part of that is just being ready to handle it that way. And I, I, we are seeing customers looking for change quicker, which is good and bad. It's good to the sense of, okay, but it's also bad because you want to make sure that you're giving them the right thing. So you want to do everything. Of course, things need to be fast, but you also have to be mindful fast. You have to make sure you're doing it correctly, not just to do something to get it out in, in, in three months versus six months. You want to do it correctly. And, that, and that's where you have to find the balance. So that's where you, everyone should take a step back and, and work with your customer. If you have a true partnership with your customer, you can work through those details and say, okay, I can't do three months. Maybe I can do four or whatnot, just to make sure they get the right product. And that's probably where, where Leslie, the movie producer, has to step in and say, wow, that is such a good idea you know, that would really help the branding if those bellhops could be wearing, you know, that piece, you know, in, that's much more contemporary than this other piece, you know, love it, let's work on that. But at the same time, we, you know, we don't want to introduce it too fast. It's a fine line. Every customer is different. And I do believe going quicker to market is essential to stay relevant. So that's why you have, so we're lucky here too, is that we also work with customers, but we also have a generic line 
that we we have a catalog, we have a shop Aramark site where anyone like, you know, Rick, you could go online and buy yourself a polo or a pair of jeans or whatnot, whereas kind of different from our other uniform companies, because we do have a consumer side of the business. Mm -hmm. So that's where we can really keep ahead of like what you're saying, getting to market quicker, because we're doing we're looking at our, our product line all the time. That is a really interesting question and one that always fascinates me that you just uh, hinted at, which is where do you draw the line or how do you know when to go bespoke versus, you know, we can fulfill this program from our, you know, our stock lines? Every customer matters, whether it's a small customer buying 10 pairs of pants or the big guy buying 10,000. Yeah, I guess it's a sizing question, like how you know, how does a big ship like Aramark um, service, you know, someone that only requires a rowboat? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because it's very unique, but we do. Actually, our, how we started, when you think of the WearGuard brand, was servicing the small businesses yeah. and the small mom and pops and the people like that. And as it has grown over time, we've obviously gone, na- you know, taken on the national customers. And what I love about it is, is that I, Every customer is treated the same. And we have an amazing customer service team. Like, and that's another thing that makes it unique is that we actually have people that will speak to you. Because a lot of times when you call places, <laughs> you get a message or you get a machine or you get an automated robot. And I'm not saying everyone's like that. But, and I think that personal level can happen if you're just a person that owns a gas station calling to outfit your mechanics as well as you'll get a customer service person that will speak to you, as well as obviously the larger customers, you know, have similar experience, maybe a little bit more involved, evolved. So, so it, it's, it's a unique thing. And they operationally, we found the balance on how to do that. You were talking about, you know, fashion uh, earlier also. And what's interesting is so many people think, oh, well, you know, fashion's the interesting side of the apparel industry and uniforms, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's probably pretty boring, Leslie. That's probably, you know, just a lot of repeat and people wear the same thing. And it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not fashionable. It's, it's how much are you really designing all of the cliches? Uh, it's just a commodity. There's a big word, right? Oh, well, uniforms are just a commodity. And so what do you say? So you're at that party with friends. And I'll be talking about uniforms. I'll be like, yeah, here we go, uniform. And, and what do you say to people about, you know, that, uh, that it's not boring? It isn't boring because think of it this way. Most fashion items started from the uniform side of the business. And I can go on and on and on. So I will start with, I'll start with one of the older things. Think of like epaulets on shoulders and, and things like that that started in France, the, the French uniform, and then it's morphed into much more military. Think of um, the Kingsman jacket versus the tuxedo coat. There are so many things through time that have become fashion. The bomber jacket started with the Air Force and whatnot. And then you go into, I could go on and on, so much in so many brands that started in work with some iconic brands, think of Dickies, think of Carhartt, they have a fashion side now. I mean, you can go into Urban Outfitters and then there's a little section that has Dickies clothing, the, the retail side. So I will debate anyone that says fashion is more interesting because where fashion came from was from utilitarian, like you, 
people that needed to wear clothing that served a purpose. Think of the field coats that are out there or barn jackets that started on farmlands. And the other thing I'm going to end with is Mr. Kanye West. He attended the Met Gala in 2019 and wore a Dickies jacket and pants. So the theme that year was camp, which is, you know, kind of cool. Think of like, so iconic that a brand, a jacket that costs $50 or less was an iconic statement made at Met Gala, which I would, and everyone would agree, is one of the highest fashion nights of the year. You had workwear on there. And I would say that happens all the time, all the time. So actually, fashion should thank our industry for all the great ideas ideas we have provided them through the centuries. That is the best answer I've ever gotten for that question. Thank you so much. I am going to try to memorize those examples you were given. Fashion also, of course, as a mirror of us, informs us and we adjust as well based on what we see. So it is, you know, it is cyclical at this point that there are things in fashion that then force us, you know, to come back uh, with product. But I love that the origins, another one for us is a lot of people don't appreciate that the the little ball on top of knit hats, right, that that has zero utilitarian purpose at this point in the civilian world, but was the result of literally on submarines, you know, they needed to be able to feel where their head was prior to their head actually making contact with uh, with a surface. So they just sewed, you know, a little fabric ball on there. And then that became something that all hats suddenly you know, started having that. So I, I love the examples uh, that you gave, and that is such a good answer. So um, I happen to know you have two kids, uh, or you maybe even mentioned it in the podcast. I don't know. Is the uniform industry something you'd recommend for them? Oh, gosh. they Just leaving it this way, they are so used to me talking about uniforms. I've dubbed myself the queen in the house, and I have two sons, and they laugh, and they... Are not going into the uniform direction. They're going into completely different directions, science and law, um, which is great. Fine, fine, very, you know. So it's interesting. I I talk about it and I recommend this because, and I have younger people that work on our team. That one of the things I say, and I love it, is that you're going to love this job. Give it a minute. Work with us. Like always, just be open. And it versus the changes every day. You learn so much. It's exciting. And one of the things that um, one of our leadership, our, our executives that in our Georgia office had said, and he had done this great summary about what we do in the uniform industry, that we service customers that make the cars we drive, fly the planes that we go in, build the houses we live in, feed us at restaurants, take care of us when we're sick at the hospital. Now, this isn't me. This isn't my saying. This came from him, Gunnar Anderson. He was a, a fantastic leader. We outfit people that educate us. We, we do everything. And you should be proud that we're, we're making clothing for the people that basically take care of us when we need help. It, it's, it's a really great way to think of what we do 
And to say that to some of the younger people as they, you know, the generation Z that comes up, I mean, from what I'm learning from this generation, because I have two in my house, is they're very in tune with the world. They're eco-conscious. That's another thing is you, they're looking for the recycled. They're looking to take better care of our planet. So when you talk about what we do and incorporate that, I think it automatically generates excitement. I so appreciate that answer to that, uh, that last question. I'm always intrigued by how our uh, thought leaders in the industry, and I consider you one of them, uh, uh, feel uh, about mentoring, you know, another generation coming in. I love the way you, you brought it to, you know, your coworkers and talking with them about our industry. And Leslie, I, I thank you so much for, for talking with us today. It was quite a pleasure. It was a fantastic time. And I appreciate the chance to talk about uniforms and not be, you know, somebody look at you like, here she goes again. But even though they might do that, I think they secretly enjoy the conversation. <laughs>